This should be played at high volume. Live and local. This is the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Saturday, and you know what that means. Finally time for the world-famous CD to step to the mic for two straight hours of no-holds-barred sports talk. It's better than Desperate Housewives. Are you ready? You better get ready. Yeah! Because Under the Dome with CD starts right now. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome back to Under the Dome. It is time to get into a mysterious third hour. All like Garth Brooks used to say when he played Friends in Low Places live. This is that mysterious third verse. We get an extra half hour right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and a 104.1 Lake Charles because we got LSU baseball coming up in about 27 minutes. Taking on Auburn, the series finale between those two. LSU looking to win the rubber match today. They're currently decent favorites in the contest. I didn't see what the over-under was, but I definitely took the money line in case you missed that. And it's a fantastic weekend. The Final Four is going down today. We got a lot of things to talk about. And we hit on a lot of different things today. But I want to hit on something that's more future talk. More importantly, seven days from right now at the UL Lafayette Student Ballroom, there's something great going down. And that is the Acadiana Sports Cards and Memorabilia Show. If you are a sports fan and you love collecting memorabilia, I have a ton of it at the house. Maybe I could find a few more things to fit the bill, if you will. Because trust me, I am a person who loves looking at different old school cards or what have you to add to the collection. And we're going to talk about that with our next guest. He's aboard the game hotline right now, Chad DiMaggio. Chad, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, and you, Clint? I'm doing good, man, doing good. And first things first, how did this all come about? Because y'all have done a few shows before at the UL Lafayette Student Ballroom. This will be, what, the third go-round of this event? This, yes. So this will be our third show, um... Our first show was uh, September of last year. A couple of friends of mine, uh, Pablo Mejia and Jason Kenner, got together one day for lunch, started talking, and it was all um, just we started talking cards and um, started talking about actually opening up a card shop here in Lafayette, which is still a, a goal. And that led to let's put on a card show because Lafayette really hasn't had, hadn't at that point had a major card show or memorabilia, for that matter, uh, show in probably 10-plus years. Um, there was a guy from Houston who used to host him at the Holodome uh, here in Lafayette. Uh, so, anyway, that led to, okay, let's find a spot, start figuring it out, because the three of us had never put on a show. We had a couple, The other two guys had been to some shows, and I hadn't even been to one, so... We uh, had the first one in September at a little gym, Cathedral, downtown. Had about 25 vendors, 
and about 35, 39 tables set up. Um, went over well, and um, both vendors and guests were very appreciative of the fact that someone was finally doing something here in Lafayette again. Um, so we decided to go ahead and have another one, but at that point knew we were we had outgrown the gym um, and found the UL Ballroom, which was a beautiful setting for it. And um, we had uh, about 45 vendors and set up about 80, had about 89 tables and about 275 people come through. So uh, from first show to second show, uh, we grew quite well. And um, it's uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of people excited about it, and uh, we are too. I uh, got we got some very big long-term goals for this show. I'm I'm hoping to grow it into a two-day show pretty quickly, and uh, and make this a, a regional show, which will benefit not everybody, not only everybody in the hobby, but uh, people around. Because then we're talking people staying in hotels and eating at restaurants, that kind of thing. So big goals. And I think those goals can be reached because I think there's definitely a place for it, especially here, I think, in the heart of Cajun country. Because, let's be honest, there's so much rich sports history here in the state of Louisiana with guys from the Acadian area that have gone on to play in the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, the list goes on and on of all the notable athletes we have over the years. And again, this will be going down next Saturday at the UL Student Ballroom, only $5 to get in. But I want to know about you. How did you wind up getting into the card-collecting game? Because I think, obviously, a lot of people like me, we got into it a lot when we were younger, but eventually kind of waned because mm-hmm. other things caught our eye. Right. But how did you wind up right. getting into this whole old game? Well, well, I've always been a memorabilia guy. Always loved collecting autographs, helmets, whatever. Um and probably about three and a half years ago, my youngest son, who's now 16, started kind of getting interested in, in sports cards. And uh, first his grandmother brought him to raise sports cards in Scott and picked up a few cards and whatever. And we started kind of looking at, at it. And one thing led to another. And, and, and my interest in memorabilia kind of just pushed me to that um, Started getting interested in it, um, getting into what they call breaks, where they um, and there's different ways they they do it. But card breaks online, and I mean Facebook is huge. And Facebook, Instagram, you know, all the social medias now are, are full of these card and memorabilia groups. And uh, it just um, I, I dove headfirst into it and and got extremely interested in it. Um, but I'm not. I don't have nearly the collections that some of these guys that I've gotten to be friends with now have, uh, you know, and, and it's it, it, the, the crazy thing is about the time I got into it about a year later is when it just really went wild. Car prices went through the roof, both sealed packs and, and, and individual cards for certain players. And it's, um, it's no longer just a hobby. It's uh, it's a it's a multi-billion-dollar business um, that's that's going nowhere but up. And um, it's, I, I have to agree with you. I'm sorry to interrupt there, but I have to agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, just the last few years, you have guys, big influencers like Gary V, kind of hardly endorsing uh, trading yep. cards and stuff like that, and we're starting to see 
it get into the digital world now with NFTs. And I think everybody start everybody during the pandemic, you know, started being at home a lot more and realized, hey, I've probably got a bunch of these old cards that I've had lying mm-hmm. around for years. Like for me, I've got a ton. I mean a ton of old 1992 tops baseball cards that as a, like individually, they're probably not worth a drop in the bucket, but all together, and if you have some more of those rarer cards, it winds up paying off in a big way if those things are kept in a certain condition. Correct. Correct. And, and grading now, it, it, it always has been, but even more so now, um, grading is, is a big deal. And there's uh, numerous companies doing now, but you hit, you probably hit the nail on the head. The pandemic probably had a lot to do with where we are right now because people were, were at home. They had nothing else to do. Um, it, probably brought a huge influx of people into the hobby slash business. Um, and, and then, you know, the money coming in that the federal government was giving. So people, you know, they're just numerous things, but those are big reasons, some of the reasons why it, it's it's at where it is now. And then you had, you know, I, one of the big ones was first big cars that I, I remember because I was, fairly new into it, you know, Zion and that whole rookie class, those cards came out and I mean, his rookie cards were going for, it was just, it was crazy. And and it, it, now it's, you know, you've got, you know, of the newer stuff, Joe Burrow, uh, Herbert in football, those guys, um, you know, they're, uh, those cards have, uh, the, the value has increased uh, incredibly, especially with the way Burrow is playing right now in his career early on. So um, it's just, it, it's, it's incredible. Um, and I'm a big, I'm a big Burrow collector. I'm a, I'm a big LSU fan, I, uh, LSU collector, but I, the Burrow in his college unit is my, is my big collection right now. Um, and I've, I've made some investments along the way that have paid off to this point because it's worth considerably more than what I paid for him when I bought him. Talking now with Chad DiMaggio. He's helping put together some, a great event next weekend at the UL Lafayette Student Ballroom. And it's going to be a Cadena Sports Cards and Memorabilia Show. Again, $5 to get in. It's going to be this coming Saturday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Basically an all-day affair. And I can't wait for it, to be honest with you, because I'm a huge fan of going to look at memorabilia, seeing some sports cards. This will be the first time I'll actually go do something like this. So I'm intrigued to see how it's all going to work out. But I want to get to you a little bit more. And you talk about you collect a lot of LSU stuff. like, And obviously there's always a person that if they have these collections, the one item that you will never sell, give up, trade, whatever, what's your one? Like you can't sell it. It's non-negotiable. It's staying with me till the day I die, maybe even to the grave. Uh, it's probably actually two items. So one would be memorabilia, and that would be um, a Joe Burrow uh, LSU Authentic helmet, F7 helmet that I purchased uh, right after he left LSU. And the second is a card that I picked up. doesn't have his auto on it yet, but it's a, um, it's, it's a, it's got a picture of him, and it's, got, it's a helmet decal that has the 2020 the 2020 national championship logo in it. 
Um, it's one of only two that were made, and that's a card that I've been offered considerable amounts of money for. And um, it's it'll it'll get passed down to my son. And you know, we're talking about a lot of the the sports cards and the collectibles and everything because I can remember going back to when I was younger. I still got a ton of those like 1992 cards. I've got a bunch of NFL cards when a lot of them were admittedly overproduced and lowered some of the price. But right. now we're seeing a lot more the card the interest in cards is going up and up and up, but also going back to what I was mentioning earlier with NFTs, that's seemingly becoming the wave of the future. How do you see the card game and more importantly the memorabilia game looking like five years down the road where things are seemingly becoming a lot more digitized versus actually being there in person handing everybody like autographs, you know, right. trading cards, being physical, being more in the digital metaverse, right. if you will. I don't see, I mean, memorabilia obviously is going to have to be, I don't see that being digital. I don't see how, because it's a, it's a, you know, it's a helmet and, and what's gotten really big and always was, but even more so now because of the access to all this game used equipment now, you know, on the college and pro level, um, there's a huge, uh, huge, huge market for game used items, uh, anywhere from jerseys, helmets, pants to socks, wristbands, it, whatever. Um, there's a huge market for that. Now, when you get to the trading cards, I haven't really gotten into it. Um, but they do have, you know, the digital stuff, the blockchains stuff that they're pushing. And, and uh, yeah, eventually uh, there probably will be a huge market for it. I don't know how soon that'll be because most collectors like myself, I like to have that card in my hand, you know, see it, have it stashed away. You know, all of my, all of my nice stuff that is, is my personal collection is, is in a, a hard case, saved safely. So you know, but there is, a, but again, like you said, um, like everything else in the world, uh, a lot of things is, is becoming digital, and and cards are no different. It's that's already it's already started. Um, I don't know how long it'll take before it's it's a major part of the collecting. But there are guys out there who who do it, who favor it and like it. So I, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how how everything evolves, like everything else in life. Chad, I appreciate you coming on, my man. Before I let you go, give people. I keep saying I said it earlier on the show, but give people the elevator pitch. Talk them into the door if they're kind of on the fence, and if they they may not be the biggest sports card fan but they've got memorabilia there as well give them the sure. elevator pitch and talk them into the door about next saturday there's a little bit for everybody um it's very family friendly um people in the hobby range from young kids to grandfathers and grandmothers i mean it it, it runs the gamut um there's going to be a little bit of everything for everyone uh beautiful setting friendly people and um it's not only you know these vendors are not only set up just to sell um it's it's buy sell trade um so bring stuff that you have that you're interested in trading uh because these guys and women are more than interested and happy to uh look and see what you have 
trade for something that they have or even just purchase outright from you. So um, it's an extremely fun event. Uh, I'm glad to be a part of it and looking forward to to watching this thing grow and um, and and making it a big part of, uh, of something here in Lafayette. It's it's something we're gonna we plan to have four shows a year. So uh, and uh, like I said, we've got big plans for it and uh, and growing this thing into something that uh, that's a big attraction for this area. Chad, th- can't think enough, my man. We'll talk to you down the road. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll see you out there at the UL Lafayette Ballroom. Appreciate it. All right, that was Chad DiMaggio. Appreciate him joining the program, talking some, talking shop and talking cards. Because, hey, I, again, I grew up a lot. Like I can remember when my dad, when I was little, he brought like an entire box. And I'm talking like damn near complete set box of 1992 i think it was series two to the house and i remember like as like four or five years old opening up those packs i I can just vividly remember doing that looking at the packs looking at the cards not knowing a damn thing about any of these players but it was kind of like i was probably around baseball a lot when i was very very little but that moment probably is more like vivid to me and it helped me kind of become indoctrinated to the sport of baseball, seeing the stats and everything. And I still have a lot of those cards. Those hold like a distinct meaning to me. I think I've got a handful of Jeff Bagwells in there. I've got, I know I have it lying around somewhere at the house. I need to find it. The 1992 draft pick of Derek Jeter card, the tops hat, it's not worth more than like 40, 50 bucks, but I know it's in decent condition. Not a PSA grade 10. I probably don't have a damn thing that's a PSA grade 10. But I'd like to find that one again. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show. One final take. And it's about the MLB and how much they finally are getting it right. Be back after this right here on the game. 103.7 Live yet and 104.1 Lake Charles. Before we close up shop here on Under the Dome, CD has just one more take to fire off before he drops the mic. Is it going to be a take that lands on the Scoville scale? Or is it going to be as cold as the pizza in your fridge? Let's listen in and find out. If you ever take a trip down to Cobb County, Georgia, you better read the sign. Oh, you'll definitely be serving hard times if you go around Cobb County, Georgia, and get in trouble. The big boss man's going to make sure you walk the line. But welcome back to Under the Dome with CD. One final take before we get on out of here on Under the Dome and lead you to the most important thing of the weekend outside of the Final Four, LSU baseball. Rubber match against Auburn. Chris Blair on the call. You'll be enjoying that shortly after this show wraps up. But my final take involves the MLB. And for once, they're making steps to make the game better and help grow the brand. It may not be the best thing. Like, at first glance, it kind of stinks. But when you really look into it, it's pretty doggone cool. Because the MLB announced the launch of Home Run Derby X. This is going to be basically a tour. A global tour of baseball. Making stops in London, Seoul, South Korea, and Mexico City. 
with former stars and also a bunch of young pups. And it's going to be really cool. So what they're doing is they're going to have teams of four face off. It'll feature content creators, legends, rookies, and current stars all going at it. And the game is going to be two rounds. Hitters will get to swing at 25 pitches and take up to 10 of them. And they can earn points by hitting targets placed 160 feet from home plate and the and two beyond the outfield fences. Basically, it feels a lot like MVP Baseball 2005, but also a little bit of rock and jock. And honestly, getting some of those influencers and whatnot, the guys that are TikTok creators, getting those people there, it's something that I think the world of Major League Baseball needs to capitalize on more and more because the audience is getting a lot younger. The attention span is is going down. I think this is a perfect opportunity to have something like this, and it's basically going to be a tournament that culminates with a tour champions event at the final one, and it's a knockout tournament to determine who winds up winning. And getting people from softball and women's baseball, players from the baseball development system, and also influential content creators getting guys like Nick Swisher. So I I just absolutely love the idea of doing this. You know, Giovanni Soto, Nick Swisher, Adrian Gonzalez, and Johnny Gomes. All those guys are going to be involved in this. And I lambast the league for like a billion things because they can't get out of their own way with a lot of different things that they do. They suck with a lot of their marketing, a lot of their promotion, and more importantly, making the game appealing to a younger demographic because that's what they need to kind of start hitting on. It's a lot like what we saw with the Super Bowl halftime show. It catered to my, again, this may be a sign that I'm getting old, but that halftime show catered to our generation, like the generation of guy of guys and gals who are around late 20s and mid-30s. That's how you capture an audience. Now, I don't know how you can do that with the game of baseball, but I think this is a start to get people to see, hey, this is something that's going down. I want to get in on this and go enjoy some baseball. And seeing a home run derby, it may not be the best representation of the game, but trust me, it's pretty damn fun. And if, let's say, like, Logan Paul, who's at WrestleMania, he gets involved in that, people will probably wind up watching it. Somebody like a, you know, only JS. I mean, that's one TikToker I can think of off the top that actually has a big following. Or a Twitch streamer like Moist Critical. Those guys who have big followings, that can wind up getting more people interested in your product long term hopefully you've been interested in the product long term and stayed for the full two and a half hours now you get to the main course of lsu baseball against auburn we'll take that to you right now until next weekend peace this is the famous cd signing off we'll be back next week same bad time same bat channel